What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Tim Hall, who's a co-founder of Sim Porter. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me on, Matt. Appreciate it. Yeah, excited to have you on a little more about what you are working on. For people that haven't heard of your company yet, what are you working on? What is Sim Porter? Sim Porter is an AI software company, and we help big corporations predict if their new products are going to work, if, if they're picking the right new products for innovation, and if they're going to sell well with consumers. So walk me through a little bit about if someone was to hear about this on the podcast, and they're like, oh, like, I want to become a customer, or I want to try this out. What, what is some, what's like the user experience of someone who, who tries out your product or kind of, kind of dives into what you're, what you're doing? Well, we're trying to solve this very specific problem, which is most new products that launch to the marketplace fail. You know, like some surveys show 95% of all new things that launch to retail are dead within two years. So we, we work on that in two ways, at the R&D stage and then at the go-to-market stage for big product companies um, like Unilever or Dan and Yogurt and uh, people like that. But at the um, R&D stage, we're helping them uncover the insights from consumers that really matter, that are going to make people want to switch and try a new product. Um, and a lot of companies will build perfectly good products that, you know, that seem to be very nice and everybody likes them and they just don't take off once they're launched because nobody really needed it. So we're using AI to examine consumer behavior out in the marketplace to really examine if they're gonna even want the benefits that are offered by any new product. And we do that early enough that they can put that into their R&D plan and kind of pick the right concepts that are gonna have a built-in audience. Then when they've got something ready to go to market, the other side of our software tells them, how many units they'll sell in a year. It does like a really uh, granular forecast down to the product level to show them, you know, is the juice worth the squeeze? Are they gonna really get enough out of this product to justify their marketing uh, investments? So it helps them make more money at the back end and pick better products at the front end. So walk me through a little bit about um, the origin story here. Why did you decide to start this company and kind of what's, what's the origin story? It's, it's funny because I lived the problem for more than two decades. I came out of consumer products where you know, I launched some good products over my career, but I launched a lot of duds and, you know, got shocked and surprised. Um, and, you know, I worked at big companies like Procter & Gamble that had huge research budgets. My last uh, company was a startup I founded that did consumer electronics where we were scrappy. But everywhere I worked, we were bad at predicting how that new item was going to do and, and making good bets. Um, and so I was talking about this problem with my co-founder, Dylan, who actually happens to be my son. or one of the few father-son outfits you'll interview. But at the time, he was, in, he was like 21, and he was working for this lab that was doing work for Google 
on machine learning and AI systems. And I was telling him, you know, it's like a crystal, you need a crystal ball to launch a new consumer product. And he's like, you just got to assemble the right data and run it through a machine learning model. So uh, we started doing that together to solve the problem. And then we realized, geez, we've got like something here and we founded a company to do it. And he's based in Ukraine and we put all of our team, our development team in Kyiv in Ukraine where he lives. And so we're split between the two continents. I'm curious for you, as you go about building this company, especially a very global re remote style company, how do you kind of think about your day to day? Like, you know, uh, what, what do you spend your time on um, on an average day? You're working with a team, you're shipping code, raising capital. You know, what's the day look like for you? Well, all of the above, except I couldn't write code if my life depended on it. But I got uh, smart people who do that. Um, but uh, I think I've always been used to having multiple time zones because my last gig, I had an office in Hong Kong and I was based in Atlanta. Now I'm in Atlanta and our development team is in Ukraine. So I'm used to having kind of a, a different clock than a lot of people do. I start really early in the morning um, and I work with our team in Ukraine in the morning. And then by the time our customers are up, you know, like nine or 10 and they're starting to, start to uh, come, come to come to online, then I'm more uh, customer faced than, you know, all, all of us are investor faced. We're trying to do the right thing for our shareholders. Um, but you know, what I work on a lot is, we always talk about, is this an internal conversation or is this external? We try to make sure we have the right balance between internal topics and external topics as we go through the day. Yeah, that makes, uh, that makes a ton of sense. Um, and I guess one more question on this front, you know, you're, you're working, as you said, split in split locations. What have been one or two things or more things that you've learned as you started this company? It could be about team communication, it could be about the market, product, but like, what have you learned since you've gotten started? Yeah, you know, my first startup, we were all in one office and uh, it was easy, you know, 10, 20 people. We're, we're at 30 people right now. But in those smaller air, uh, points, it's easy to communicate across the hall. You know, you all just kind of know what you're doing. But then when you scale them past 50, 70, 100 people, you need to have processes in place to make sure communication gets shared. So when we started this company, um, we already had processes like that that we just started using in this company. Uh, and it was helpful since we were two, you know, a continent away, an ocean away. Um, but we've started to grow and it's very helpful to have those processes in place. So like every morning there's a standup. It's no longer than 15 minutes. Everybody's on. Um, and it's just, you know, here's what I need from you. Here's what you need from me. So we have that every day. Once a month, we cover our goals for the month and the quarter looking ahead. At the end of the month, we cover how we're doing. So, you know, very specific processes that are in place. And a lot of times a young company will say, you know, that, that feels kind of formal. That's, I escaped corporate America. I don't want to do that. But it really is a huge time saver. And when you have a time savings, then everybody can spend more time on what they really love. Yeah, absolutely. This is great. And I completely agree with kind of how you think about that. So if you were to kind of zoom out, you know, 5, 10, 15 years into the future, what, what would you say the big vision is here? Or in other words, what direction are you rowing in? And what's this going to look like in a decade or two? Yeah, it's a great question. Because um, everybody, you know, either wants to be a unicorn, or they want to, you know, sell, buy, get bought by a unicorn. Of course, we, we think we're a unicorn, we want to get to that point, And we just want to grow a company that uh, creates tremendous value. But we don't really think about the market and what our valuation would be and you know would we, we be written up about and you know forbes or something what we really care about is our reputation with the customers because we're working with guys like um uh church and dwight the big packaged goods company that owns arm and hammer and purex and brands like that and dan and yogurt and unilever and proctor 
And we just want to have the best reputation with them because what we've learned over this process is if you give them a good experience and do really good work, you know, using our software, they get really good outcomes out of that. They just keep coming back and coming back. And so our vision is really just to be the very best in the industry at doing this. So we are the solution they're always using for their, for their development. Um, these guys have been struggling, these big corporations to build their organic business. You know, it's, it's really tough out there if you're a big institutional company um, to grow organically because the barriers for entry are pretty low uh, in product companies. And so when they use our tool, we give them, you know, some ammunition to go out there and make a bigger impact in the market. And that is really gratifying. That, that's incredible. Um, and, and I think in order to scale it up and keep it up for, for as many companies as possible, you know, you'll, you'll need some help, right? It takes a village to make a startup work. So my question for you is how can the forward thinking founders community help? Are you hiring? Are you raising capital, looking for more customers, partnerships? How can we assist? Oh, I love that question. So thank you. So talent is really important to us and clients are really important to us. Those are our two focus areas right now. Most of our development team, or really all of our development team is in Ukraine. And that is terrific because that's a great talent market. And we've got a nice presence there. But we need to build up sales and marketing in the States and Atlanta specifically. But in this day and age, there's a lot of remote work opportunities. So we are looking for talent from that standpoint. Um, and then uh, referrals to companies because you know, we've got a really nice, we have about a dozen really good customers, but every time we get into a new area, like we're really good in food and beverage and uh, health, uh, beauty aids and um, in, in clothing, like we work with Calvin Klein, they use our software. But every time we get a new vertical, our, you know, we help our client, but we also learn a lot and we build our, we have a kind of a proprietary moat of, of know-how. And every time we get into a new area, we build that moat. So if your community could make referrals to us that would help us in that endeavor, that would mean the world to us. That's, that's inc incredible. And I, I bet someone might be able to, right? We got a, a large listener base. So I guess for my last question, if anyone is interested in, in helping, getting in touch, working with you, how can they find you online? Do you have a website, social media, you know, email address? How can someone find you? All of the above. Uh, simplest is uh, visit our website, simporter.com or just email me, tim at simporter.com. I'll take every email. Um, and yeah, but we also have all the social outreach you could, you could need as well. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. My really pleasure. Thanks, Matt. I really appreciate being here. Thank you for your time. And uh, thank you to your listeners for listening.